0: Hey, it's Jared with Becoming the Redeemed. Today, we're gonna jump back into the book of James. This is a series of Bible studies that I'm doing on the book of James. And I'm recording these because I have been diving into the book myself in preparation to lead a Bible study of a small group of guys from my church. And we've been meeting the last several weeks and going through the book of James. And in my own preparation for studying this book with the guys, I've just had some great moments with the Lord. And even better, in conversation with the guys, as we go through the book of James, just amazing things have come to me through the reading and understanding of God's word, not just of my own, but also through the eyes of the other guys as well. These episodes are partially for me as I like to revisit my thoughts, but also for anybody else out there who is looking to study the book of James as well. I hope that these are helpful to you. So we are in chapter one. We're going to go first th- nine through verse 18, hopefully. So let's dive into God's. Word chapter 1, verse 9 says, This let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls. And its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God could not be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, lift these words up to you that we read off of a page, God, but it is the living word that you have provided for us, and it speaks uniquely into our own hearts and circumstances, God. I pray that as we go through your word, Lord, that you would reveal new things to me as I share the things that you've put on my heart prior to today. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for this time and lift it up to you in Jesus name. Amen. So in verse nine, it starts with a comparison of a poor person and a rich person. And it's very easy for us to tie that to finances when I have money versus when I don't have money or a poor person versus somebody who is rich. And we've seen it in the Bible that it is easier for a poor person to enter heaven. It's harder for a rich person. It's very easy to think financially. And there's truth to that. I've been self-employed pretty much my entire adult life. And there have been times when I didn't have any new customers or clients in the pipeline. And I didn't see the ability to survive unless God intervened. And so I pray and pray, Lord, bring me new customers, bring me an opportunity so that I can survive the next couple of months. And God has always delivered. There was always an opportunity or something that came along. And that got me maybe another couple of months and got me down the road far enough enough to where I wasn't worried as much as I might have been before. But that circumstance drew me to the Lord and closer to the Lord asking for help. Now, there are times when I've had abundance and I haven't had to worry for the next several months or maybe the next six months because I have that extra financial runway. In looking at those numbers in the bank account and understanding that sometimes I get boastful and think in my heart, look what I did. I got myself there and I don't have to worry so much. I'm not checking my bank account balance every couple days to make sure that it isn't zeroed out or upside down and I feel boastful in myself and so I can see these opportunities for me to get away from the Lord and start looking into my own ways which as the scripture states here will fade away I found myself only going to the Lord when I didn't have things and not going to the Lord so much when I had things and that's a recipe for disaster I need to be going to the Lord both situations, when in a time of need, going to the Lord asking for mercy, and in a time of abundance, going to the Lord with thankfulness. This states here that our heart, our minds are most likely to act in a certain way given these circumstances. Whenever we go to the Lord in a time of need, it does help us understand and reflect on our thankfulness. When I go to the Lord in a time of need, it makes me think of the things that I do, do have, whether it be health or family, whatever the circumstances are, I, I do end up focusing on those things more. And it brings me happiness, even though I am going to the Lord in a time of need and feel poor in that way in relations to financials. I'm thinking about the things that I do have. I am healthy. My family is in good spirits. Everything else seems to be good. And so I am more thankful when I am boasting in myself, I am all encompassed on my own abilities. I'm not thinking about other things. I'm not thinking about what led to that situation. I'm thinking, how great am I? And that is a fading mindset that will result in me fading easily just as the grass that withers and passes away. And then it states down here, so also will the rich man fade away In the midst of his pursuits, I am arrogant and boastful. I am not leading in a loving way. I am not leading as I have been called to as a believer in Christ. And that mindset, that way of dealing with things is not sustainable and will fade away. Let's jump up to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Now, earlier in chapter one, it talks about steadfastness and making sure that we don't try to take the easy way out when we are in a situation that is tough, that we see it through, that we make sure that we maintain and move forward, going to the Lord for understanding so that after enduring, we get the knowledge and understanding and personal growth and character growth that comes through all of that. And our promise there is repeated and emphasized that blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials. And so that is a reminder of the gift that we receive when we remain strong. We don't look for the easy way out and we see things through with a grateful heart. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. This is a reminder that The temptations that come, come from within, not from the Lord. And that's not to say that God doesn't test us at times and provide tests for us. He most definitely does and gives us opportunities to become stronger. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't get stronger. We wouldn't draw closer to him. There wouldn't be any thought that we didn't have that we now revealed, yes, we have those. And I need to work towards removing those. That process wouldn't be possible without testing. But... God does not tempt. Temptation comes from within us. It comes from desires that we have deep within our heart. In verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. That is how temptation happens. And that is how things lead to sin. We haven't sinned yet having maybe a desire in our heart. There are times where things come into our minds, maybe because we let things come in through our eyes or our ears that we shouldn't have, and it lets things kind of fester within us. Or maybe we're thinking about our spouse or our children or our work, and we're thinking about some aspect of that in a way that just isn't really healthy, or we're thinking about something outside of those things. That is the process in which if we let it go too far, then can become sin. in verse 15, it says, then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. So that is when something actually becomes a sin is when it is conceived. That is when the actions actually start to take place that leads to the sin. That I believe is where sin begins is when we actually start to plan out how we are going to sin. And then if we continue to nurture that plan to the point where we end up acting it out, that is when that sin is fully on display and it begins to lead to death if we stay there in that place. So how do we prevent that? How do we prevent getting to the place where we start to plan our sin and put it into motion? Well, that is where we really need to be realigned with God. We need to recognize that something is starting inside of us. We're thinking about something or we have an attitude that we shouldn't have. And I need to immediately go off into the wilderness or into a secret place and be with the Lord and call to the Lord and say, God, what is this that has entered my mind? I don't normally think about this, but it is something that is now in my mind. Why and how? And I need to also get rid of this. And so going to the Lord in prayer and going to the Lord asking to receive deliverance from whatever that desire is, whatever that little thought that is now starting to become something that you're grabbing onto and going to, the recognition of that needs to be nipped and taken care of quickly before you start to make plans in your head and start to think about how you could carry out this sin. I see this as a framework on how to prevent sin. How do we prevent death? Well, we prevent sin from happening. How do we prevent sin from happening? Well, we don't start to plan out our sin. Well, how do we get to the point where we're not planning out our sin? We're recognizing the thoughts and the things that are popping into our head well before it gets to that point. And as we practice this over and over and over again, we get better at grabbing onto those things and taking them to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That is what we do in those situations. When something pops into our mind And we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Or, you know, what is that? And why am I thinking of that? We need to take that thought captive to obey Christ. And we need to take that to God. So how do we take a thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? Well, we stop in the moment. Whatever is happening, whatever is in our mind, we stop and we go to God in prayer. We stop that action from taking place. We go to God and we hand that off to the Lord in prayer. That is how we destroy sin before it actually takes place and has a place in our heart where we are now thinking about carrying it out. So consider that verse and consider that your framework for getting rid of sin before it takes hold and starts to become something that you feel like you are now in the depths of. So to read it again, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then Desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Something starts out as a thought. We fester on that thought for a little while. It starts to kind of become a desire because we're thinking about how that would be better than maybe our current circumstances. So we start to think about it and we start to make plans, like how could that actually, like how could I do that? How can I make that a reality? And then as we start to make plans, we are getting closer and closer to actually carrying out the sin. And then of course, if we get stuck in that sin and it has become a stronghold in our life, that very much can lead to death. And we wanna be careful not to go down that road. Verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Sometimes we can see things that come our way as a gift, and maybe that isn't necessarily a good gift. We need to weigh everything that comes our way as did that come from the Lord? Is that something that came in? In light, which is God, is that a good and perfect gift or is that something that I am desiring and I have now made that my desire and I am acting out in a way that brings sin into my life because I didn't measure up the things that I brought into my life up against what God's word says and what I feel is true because of what God has put on my heart through these words. That was a lot. But what I'm saying is we need to use God's word as a tool to align us to the father so that we make sure we don't bring any gifts into our life that are not of light. It's very easy for us to want to justify the things that are coming into our life. Like, well, of course God's giving me that. I have been working hard. I am deserving. I deserve to have that. And so God is giving me that. It's easy for us to put words in God's mouth and and justify things. And it's saying right here, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is not different. God is not going to change. If God put us on a path and we feel we understand know. where that path is things that come at us that look good that may not be in line with where we know that direction that mission that god has given us we need to be careful things can look good from the outside and if we are not staying in alignment with the father then those things look attractive and we bring them into our lives and they cause damage verse 18 of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures That is an additional measurement in which we can align ourselves to the Father, are the things that we are taking into our lives and putting out there into the world in alignment with the way that we should be according to God's word. We are called to love God, love people, and make disciples, and that can look very different based on where God has placed you versus where God has placed me. But the important thing is to remain aligned with the Father. If we're not aligned with the Father, we are going to boast in ourselves because we are not remembering God's mercy and the things that he has given us. We are leaning on our own understanding and thinking that we are great for some reason. We are not remaining steadfast under trials. We don't like that pain. We don't like the frustration that comes with those things. And so we're looking for an easy out, which is not allowing us to grow in Christ. We're also looking at temptations, and we're wanting to blame those on someone else other than ourselves. We're allowing thoughts and things to come into our eyes and ears that then infiltrate our hearts, which produces desires that we then start to plan to act out. And if we're not in alignment with the Father, then we start to do those things. So we need to remain aligned in the Father because we are easily deceived and we look at things that come to us as things that we are deserving of. And because we do that, we are easily led astray stray because we don't stay in alignment with the Father. So what is my encouragement for you? It's to stay in alignment with the Father. When you find yourself going a little bit off path for whatever reason or feeling a little bit of unease, it is a cry to realign with the Father. Take time, to pray. Have you been in God's word recently? It's time to do both of those things and make it part of a pattern of your life as often as needed, whether daily or continuously. Sometimes we have to take that kind of control over our thoughts and take those thoughts captive to make them obedient to Christ. Let me close us in prayer. God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, just as I have been reading through it yet again and reminding myself that I need to remain aligned in you, it is so so easy for me to get off path. God help me to stay aligned with you. Remind me when I am off path before I get too far off path. God, grab me and realign me with you. Lord, daily By the minute, whatever it takes, God, grasp me and keep me close. Don't let me forget of the mercies that you have given me and the grace that you have provided me. I want to always remain in you and close down at your feet because I am easily led astray by my own mind, by my own heart. God, draw me near to you. Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for checking this out. Whether you're watching the video on YouTube or listening somewhere through a podcast app, I would ask that you subscribe or follow so that you can be notified when I put out new episodes. I would love to converse with you through the comment section of this video or through an email or through social media. So make sure to reach out and share something that God has put on your heart, whether it be through what we just went through today or what God is just doing in your life. I look forward forward to hearing about that and uh, rejoicing with you or praying with you through those different things that you've got going on. Make sure to reach out. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here today, and I hope to see you back in another one soon. Take care.